0: just you you hear the advice all the time just jump in and do stuff and don't just listen to podcasts and and take courses and read books you get you gotta just jump in and do it and make the mistakes because that's really the best way to learn
1: that was matt allen from dumb passive income and also a co-creator of amalinks pro we got to have a nice long conversation we shared a beer and it was pretty cool now if you don't know matt allen He's been blogging for many years. I found out he's been blogging for a lot longer than I thought. I didn't even realize it. He was just around blogging at Dumb Passive Income when I first got started, and he was talking a little about affiliate marketing, just in general, and Amazon affiliate marketing. He was around on the comments on many of the blogs that I was reading, so like Niche Pursuits by Spencer Hawes. I think maybe I found him over there for the first time, so... Anyway, Matt and I connected way back then. We never really, uh, you know, chatted super often, but we were always friendly and we talked on the phone once or twice, which we actually talk about in the episode today. So we'll get into all the weeds in just a second. What's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and I talked to Matt Allen from Dumb Passive Income. This is actually a rebroadcast from episode 129. I'm dipping uh, pretty far back in the archive here, but it's a solid episode where you heard from the opening cut there, you know, Matt... Is talking about taking action, and he's taken uh, several chances and risks. uh, You know, when he started blogging, as he's tested different monetization methods, and then starting a software company, which is, I mean, honestly, pretty far outside his wheelhouse. I used to work in software, so that would be, you know, maybe more likely for me to try to start some sort of SaaS business, but. Matt took the bull by the horns and we get into all the details, the origin of Amalinks Pro and all that stuff. Quick plug for Amalinks Pro. If you are looking for a solution that will help you add links, affiliate links to Amazon in an easier way, you could add images, you can add tables. There are feature boxes. There's a lot of cool stuff you could do with Amalinks Pro. One of the great things is you do not need to have Amazon Advertising API access. So if you are a brand new Amazon associate and you have not made uh, sales yet, you don't have access to the Amazon Advertising API, you can still check out and use Amalinks Pro. So Matt didn't push the product or anything during the interview, but I just wanted to mention it. If you haven't checked it out, you should definitely check it out. There's a link in the description. I am an affiliate, so I would get a commission if you actually buy it, but you should just check it out. See if you like it, it's a great tool. You probably have seen a lot of other popular YouTubers and podcasters and stuff like that, mention this product before. So now's the time to check it out. So here's Matt Allen from Dumb Passive Income and Amalinks Pro. Hey, what's going on? It's Doug Cunnington here and I'm with my good friend, Matt Allen. How are you doing today? Hey Doug, I'm doing great. How are you? Doing awesome, and we've known each other for years. Basically, as soon as I got started online, and it's a pleasure to talk to you. We've actually chatted on the phone and on like uh, like Skype calls in the past, but this is the first time that you know we're talking at length. I'm going to be able to ask you a lot of questions that you know I wasn't able to in a in a casual, just you know, quick catch up or whatever. So this is a great honor, Matt.
0: Yeah, this should be fun. And I was just telling you before you hit record, this is only my second ever podcast that I've ever done. So
1: awesome. Awesome. Let's well, do this. It's great to have you here. And you, uh, you send me an email and you were like, Hey, I can only meet like kind of after work and sort of in the evening hours. And by the way, do you want to have a beer while we're doing the interview? And I'm a beer guy. So I, of course said, yes. So uh, what do you, what do you have over there that you're going to drink?
0: So right now, my wife actually got me a six-pack of this for Valentine's Day last week. It's uh, by Founders, which if you're anywhere in Michigan or near Michigan, you know what what Founders is. It's a really good microbrewery based right here in Grand Rapids where I live. And this is a new one that I had never even heard of before. It's called Civilized Brute IPA. Nice. And which is, it's an extra dry India pale ale is what this one is.
1: Beautiful. I love the extra dry ones. It really makes the
0: hops pop. And the, one of founder's more popular beers is called all day IPA. You may have heard of that or may have even had it before. And I I've had one of these already. And this tastes really similar to
1: an all day IPA, which, which is a session IPA. Very cool. And, uh, before you pop it open, I'll tell you about mine. So I'm drinking a Goodnight, which is an Imperial red from a local brewery here in Longmont. Um, Actually, I guess it's in Lyons, but there's many locations. It's from the Oscar Blues Brewery, and it's an Imperial Red IPA. And um, I think I'm trying to see the ABV. Eight point seven ABV. So um, yeah, cheers, madam. And a pop, mine open. You could do the same. All right, here we go.
0: Awesome. Mine's only a six percent alcohol by volume. So
1: well, and this is a good uh, sort of transition i mean you you have a a day job so can you tell us a little bit about uh yourself like who are you and what do you do
0: yeah i mean i'm i'm a truck driver by day and when i say truck driver i'm really talking about like the 18 wheeler the big rigs that you see going down the highway i've been doing that for actually just this math just occurred to me actually today while i was on the job uh I don't know if I should really be giving away my age right now, but I got my CDL when I was 22 years old, which means I have been driving a truck now for about exactly half of my life.
1: Oh wow! Cool,
0: awesome. So and that, that's how old I am, if you can do the math.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we're we're about the same age. I'm I'm clocking in at 40, and. So you've been doing you've been doing that for a while and I was looking back cuz you you also blog and you blog over at dumb passive income. Can you tell us about the like inception of your blog over there?
0: Yeah, it's kind of a long story. I'll try to make it short. So I actually started in 2010 not with blogging but I don't know if I've ever actually told anybody this story but somebody got me tried to get me involved in a network marketing like a, a pyramid scam kind of a deal. I'm like, fine, I'll do it, but I'm not going to go try to talk to my family and friends and go show videos and, and try to get people to sign up that way. I'm going to see if I can do something online. And I think I just signed up for a Twitter account in 2010 at the time. And so I figured out I was on Blogger. I don't know if you've ever seen or heard of yep. Blogger. It's like, yeah. So I I got some really or put together some really simple sites on there to try to promote this network marketing business. And as you can imagine, that didn't work. And but but then I realized I'm like, huh, this is cool. I can actually produce content and put it out on the internet. And and I saw that other people were making money doing that. And so I literally just googled one day. I'm like, how do you make money online? And that led me into the world of blogging. And then I started a a personal finance blog. And this is actually kind of one of the biggest mistakes that I've ever made. Is I I stayed on Blogger. I was everybody told me you got to switch over to WordPress. I'm like no no i'm just going to go against the grain i'm going to stay on blogger and i'm going to make it work on blogger so yeah i stuck with the personal finance blog for probably close to a year maybe a little over a year and then finally in 2012 in may of 2012 i bit the bullet and and quit the personal finance blog moved over to wordpress and and that's when i bought dumbpassiveincome.com and that's when i started that blog and and around cool. that same time is when i also jumped into niche sites, I, I figured out what niche sites were and, and started building out some of those. And, and that's kind of what done passive income was, was I was just kind of chronicling and just blogging about what I was doing to create niche
1: sites and try to make, make money online. Holy cow. So, um, you started your first blog in 2010. Is that right?
0: In a sense, if you want to call that a
1: sure. blog. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I chatted with um a couple other people uh, earlier today just doing interviews like this one and it's amazing. I mean, everyone has um, one or two not necessarily failures but along their trajectory they they have a, a few websites that they learn their chops. You know, they learn some writing skills, just setting up a website and all that um, before they they got something that really kind of stuck and, and that had some lasting power. So. When you started that first uh like blog and the personal finance blog when you moved on a little bit from the network marketing promotion and whatnot um like did you have uh like a desire to write or did were you a strong writer through you know school? I don't know about through school
0: I just and it was never anything i I really did before I started blogging, but I kind of figured out that I really enjoyed the writing part. And, and and the personal finance stuff. Uh, I mean, I've, I've always been kind of like a numbers geek, and I, I love. I could sit and just mess with my. I use Quicken to to run my personal finances, and I could just spend hours just messing around with the numbers on there and and making spreadsheets for different scenarios and stuff. And so, I just love the personal finance stuff and and just, and kind of just helping people and teaching people. I, I had listened to Dave Ramsey on the radio for many years. And so I I thought I could just write a blog and, and help people learn stuff about money. And and so I just kind of figured out that I liked the writing part. And, and then that kind of like melded into web design and, and figuring out how to make web pages look different ways. And. Okay. yeah,
1: Gotcha. And you know what? I didn't even know you had such a strong like personal finance interest and we're definitely going to come back to it. Um, but yeah, I had no clue. I know, I read some of your, some of your blogs on dumb passive income on like financial freedom and and some of those ideas, but I didn't know you wrote about it for a few years. Um, Do do you remember like how you first got interested or have you always been interested in like money and finance and savings and all that?
0: I guess I kind of always have them. I was probably 20 or 21 years old when I first heard Dave Ramsey on the radio. And I'm talking, this was, Back in the day, when when he was brand new, when he he was almost begging for people to call into his show. I, I remember actually listening to him like saying his phone number over and over, waiting for somebody to call in, which which is kind of crazy for as popular as he is now. And and I, I've mentioned Dave Ramsey a couple times, and the the funny thing is, I uh, I don't even totally agree with or follow all of his advice. Most of it is really great, like the staying out of debt, obviously. What I mean, what what's not to like about that advice. But as as far as some of his overall principles, I'm I'm more of a Robert Kiyosaki, rich dad, poor dad kind of a guy when it comes to that.
1: Cool. So you're one of the first people that I started following when I found like smart passive income, which I think dumb passive income, I think we're we're safe to assume that that's an homage to uh, Pat Flynn, right? Pat who? What are you, what are you talking
0: about? <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so Matt, literally, I, I found your blog. I think I saw some of your comments and, and maybe you were featured over on niche Pursuit Spencer's blog. Do you, do you happen to remember like our first communication or anything?
0: Uh I do remember it was 2013. It was, wasn't long. It's like right about the exact same time you started niche site project, yes. which was right during Spencer's first niche site project. Yep. Right around that same time.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think like basically my, my plan, and I've talked about it briefly in, in certain areas, but basically I was like, hey, I found all these cool people on Spencer's blog. I was following a lot of what he was doing. And I was like, I'm going to reach out to people that um, run blogs and, and they like Spencer's blog and see if like we could just network together. Um, and I think I, I asked you to like write a guest post for my site as I was launching it and uh, you were like, yeah, sure. So you wrote something for me and you know, we, we've stayed in touch ever since. So it's pretty cool to like be, be chatting with you now, interviewing you on my podcast. And um, yeah, like I said, yeah, you're, that, you're one of the that first people it yeah.
0: rings a bell. I remember exactly what that was about now. Cause I, I started a keyword research service that I was selling on my dumb passive income blog and, and you allowed me to kind of push that service or promote it on your blog. I remember that, you
1: know, yep. So, so basically I, I, you know, reached out to like 10 or 12 people and um, I knew I needed help from the community. And a few people said, yep. So you were one of them. And uh, our other friend, John Haver over at authority site income was one of them. And, you know, we're all still around doing stuff. So it's kind of cool. Just if, if you stick with it, like, things are going to work out probably. So yeah, there there are a few
0: of us who have stuck with it all this time. I've, I've seen people come and go, but there's a handful of us who have, who have remained.
1: So a couple, I'm just curious to to learn a little more about you. So you're, you're a family, man. We were just chatting a little about your family and uh, yeah. So can you just tell us a little about like how many kids you have and just per, on a personal level, what do you, what do you have going on? Yeah. My, my,
0: uh, wife and I, we've been married, it'll be fifteen years this May, so in a couple months, fifteen year anniversary. We have three kids, two sons and a daughter. So my, my sons are twelve and nine, and my daughter is seven. Yeah, we're we're really involved in all kinds of after school sports and different activities and stuff. And
1: but life is pretty crazy around here. <laughs> Right. And you have the the full-time trucking gig. So I, I take it you're, you're local, so you don't have to do any like long hauls, uh, like overnighters or anything like that.
0: Yeah. I, I pretty much work bankers hours. Today, I literally worked from nine to five.
1: Okay. <laughs> but yeah, cool. some days
0: it's, you know, a, a trucker's schedule. There is no, you're not standing by a time clock waiting to punch out at an exact time. It's just whenever you get done, you get done. So some days i might not get home till eight o'clock at night other days i could get home as early as five so
1: okay so you have three kids a wonderful wife you're working um potentially you know fairly long hours but it sounds like they're uh, fairly reliable as far as like you know you're not going to be working like weekends or in the middle of the night or anything like that so like how do you deal with your time management and productivity and you know, not not missing out on spending time with the kids and the family.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's always been about prioritization. So I always put try to put family first, uh, and, and obviously, day job that that has to be second, pretty much in the order. And then and then my online stuff is just whenever I get to it. So most of these years, I've done most of my work in the early morning hours, usually getting up at five a.m. And working for one or two hours, depending on what's going on that day. And That's then right. go to work and then come home. And But I don't know, these days, this past year, or year and a half or so, I've actually been doing more of my work at night. And so, like right now, the, the kids all are in bed usually by 9 or 9.30. And then I can get a couple hours in on the computer before I get too tired. I usually stay up till about midnight and then maybe get up at 6 and get on the computer again in the morning and at least check my
1: emails and stuff. And you obviously, you know, write about passive income quite a bit. Um, what are what are your some? Sorry, what are some of your favorite approaches, especially like for beginners that are like just getting their feet wet in internet marketing? Like, what would I suggest? You mean, yeah, just in, in general, like some of your favorite like passive income sources. You well, know, I mean, I, I got to go with Amazon affiliate.
0: That's one. It, it, as long as you have a, a website that gets traffic, I mean, passive income, it, it's not just internet marketing. There's all passive income. Good. Could, could be even your 401k investments. That could be a form of passive income or real estate investing is another thing I'm trying to dabble in a little bit. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, mostly what I focus on is the, the online internet marketing stuff. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, build a website, get traffic to it. As long as you can get traffic, you can make money with a website.
1: And I, I actually, I didn't do research on this before, but have you ever done like a public case study where you like share the URL and, and all that stuff? I and
0: I'm done passive income starting into, I think I actually started one right off the bat in 2012. And that that's kind of been one of my, another one of my failures along the way is I've probably started at least three, maybe four of those on dumb passive income. And I've okay. never, never seen, I've never finished a single one or, or seen it through till the end, till it was fully successful. Cause I, I would, I had a few decently successful sites. And, and once they started to make decent money, well, the the public URL ones never really did, but, but the, the URLs that were making decent money, I was afraid to go public with them. And, and I think, you know, the reasons why for, you don't want copycats and, and people running negative seo campaigns against you and i guess yep. i was always scared to lose because i've never been one of these guys who's made a super ton of money online like quit your job kind of money i, I could get I, I, i've gotten sites up to like a thousand dollars a month niche sites but not much more than that and and i, I just couldn't risk losing that income
1: yep and, and i, mean, I you know, we were chatting beforehand and I don't share my sites. And I actually, you know, the other interview I was doing today with Matt uh, Givanesi over at uh, Money Lab, he was like, yeah, I share all my sites. And I'm just like, that's bananas, man. That, that is so crazy to me. But I mean, once you've been burned, then you're not going to do it again. So I'm actually surprised that he sh- he shares, he shares his sites, but it does bring like unmistakable, like authenticity, And, you know, people, you know, trust those public case studies. So Spencer does them and, you know, they're, they're sprinkled throughout, but a lot lot of people just try and stay under the radar. And I, I do that myself. So um, I guess my
0: biggest, if you want to even call it a case study, I never really did, but just the dumb passive income blog itself was, yeah, as you mentioned, it was to kind of emulate the smart passive income blog. And I started out doing income reports on there. And obviously everybody knew the URL all of that. And that actually was my most successful site I've ever had. I mean, I I my dumb passive income when I was selling keyword research and, and I was making good affiliate sales or for some tools that I promoted, I, I got that up to about three
1: thousand dollars a month. Awesome. Yeah. And and that was one of the things that I I was like, hey, you know, this is a great blog. You're you're publishing income reports and you you have some historical ones and you show like big earnings. And then even the months that you like technically lost money because expenses were higher than uh, your profits and all, or your, your revenue. And, you know, like I said, it does bring that authentic and sort of real people will trust you more. Um, they're kind of a pain to put together. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you, you stop doing income reports like on a regular basis. And it seemed to be a little intermittent, um, can you tell us a little about just putting together such reports and uh, sticking with it? Yeah, I mean, you you really nailed it. It really did
0: become a pain. I mean, towards the beginning, it wasn't too bad. I mean, there wasn't much income to report in the beginning, but it <laughs> yeah. was just a couple of affiliate products that I was promoting or tools, but... Over the years, it started growing and I kept adding tools. So every, I had a whole spreadsheet that I had to update every single month. And then I had to log into every affiliate account every month and find the income and then carry that information over into kind of like a pre-formatted blog post that I had. And then my writing style, I just kept adding sections to my income reports and they kept getting longer and longer. And it got to be where it was probably taking me, I would say, probably five or six hours to just to do one income report and the, yeah it just got to be too much and yeah so i quit i just okay.
1: stopped. and uh one of my other friends um ron stefanski he does income reports and he started doing the. do you know uh, one hour professor do you know ron
0: we yeah i mean we've never talked okay. by voice but we've emailed back and forth a little bit
1: cool Also a great guy. And he has been doing that from the beginning and he sort of like stopped publishing other stuff on his blog, other content, and only does the income reports generally. And it's, it's kind of a, it's almost like journaling for him. So he does it like as an exercise. Um, It's interesting, you know, since he was like, I'm just going to keep doing the income reports and I'm going to ignore the rest, but um, it definitely is a time-consuming thing i mean do do you do your own bookkeeping
0: i do i do not keep track of all my separate i do not i don't have that much separate affiliate income anymore anyways because i, I okay. kind of let the dumb passive income blog die over the last couple of years but yeah i, I don't even keep track of it all anymore I just once the money comes into my bank account then i track it i don't keep track how i used to
1: Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, well, with that said, I encourage people to go check out the income reports. It's just interesting to see like where, where money came from and, you know, feast and famine. And I have been, um, you know, I have experienced that as well. And especially like in the early days where it's like, Oh man, you made like $6,000 one month. And then the next month is like, you know, two or something like that. I think my very first
0: income report was for something like $14. It
1: was amazing. You made money, (laughs) you know, that's a win. That's a win. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, like the product that you launched. It's a, it's a great piece of software. And I actually remember um, you and I chatting, uh, I guess it was like a year and a half ago maybe almost two years ago, I was going to the gym and you were like, Hey, I have an idea for a product and I'm going to be working on it. And you just wanted to you know, chat about it a little bit. And I was like, all right, cool. Sounds good. And honestly, I mean, a lot of people talk about doing a thing and they don't follow through, but I'm, I'm proud to say like, not only did you follow through, like you exceeded my expectations and you've been iterating and working hard on Amalinks Pro, so can you just tell us like what is Amalinks Pro and why did you create it? Yeah, sure in fact, I, I remember that day really well. I can't remember even
0: why I needed or wanted to tell you about it, but in, in case you couldn't tell that day, I could hardly hold in my excitement because because we had just stumbled on this idea for this product, and I just had to tell somebody and um well, first, I'll, I'll tell you what it is. Amalinks Pro is a, a WordPress plugin for Amazon affiliates. In fact, our, our new tagline for the product is a WordPress plugin that works for all Amazon affiliates with or without access to the Amazon API. So, so that's what it is. How it came about? Um, well, I, I've been running Amazon affiliate websites for several years, and I used and loved and promoted a different plugin out there. I don't mind mentioning it, e- Easy Azon. Probably everybody knows what that is. I think 2013 is when I purchased that. And I used it for several years and I loved it and I promoted it. I made affiliate commissions from it. And it, I, I would tell people, like, if you're promoting stuff on Amazon, on WordPress, and you're not using this plugin, then you're crazy. <laughs> but then over the years, that product seemed to die off um, Chris Gusley, the founder of it, he I don't think he does a whole lot with like website internet marketing anymore. I, th- I think he moved over to Amazon FBA selling physical products, as far as I can tell anyway. So he, he stopped making improvements to easy So it was still an okay plugin, but not great. And it didn't really have all the features that I wanted. And so I started looking for other plugins. I tried a couple other plugins to try to find the features that I needed and wanted and just nothing else had what I really wanted and nothing was really that good. And so actually I'll specifically mention one of the features that I wanted. I wanted to be able to create uh, a customizable CTA button, a, a call to action button that I could change the colors and the and the hover effects and the size and, and the font and everything. I wanted a 100% customizable CTA button that linked to Amazon. And I had a way that I was doing that manually. I was using a different um, WordPress plugin that was pretty good for making CTA buttons. And I was grabbing the the amazon link from easy azon so i was kind of combining two plugins to get the functionality that i wanted and i Mm -hmm. thought there's got to be a better way to do this and so i happened to know a developer and in fact he's a a mutual friend of ours you knew him too and um I, i just contacted him one day i'm like hey i have an idea for a plugin i thought if I could do the CTA button thing, I'm like, why not just do all of it? Do text links, image links, and and maybe some other stuff too, and just make a whole plugin out of it and kind of make like the, the plugin that's gonna release or not not release, that's gonna replace ECA's on or, or all the other WordPress plugins, like make the the biggest, baddest Amazon WordPress plugin that ever existed. So I had the idea, but I'm not a coder and I didn't really have tens of thousands of dollars to pay somebody because that's how much it would cost for the magnitude of what I had in my head and so I contacted this developer and, and asked him if he wanted to team up and we had a few back and forth emails and it really didn't take very long I think it was less than a week and and we decided to partner up and go
1: go 50 50 on this thing cool and did you guys like draw up any specific like documents or ownership uh situation or is like a gentleman's agreement, and like you said i I know the guy I've had a beer with him just like we're we're having a beer here, and um I mean I'm just curious like from the legal standpoint, did you guys like ink it out we we did via um we, we, we actually I
0: drafted I think I might have looked it up online, but I found a partnership agreement, and then I changed a bunch of text on it and I sent it to him I'm like, hey, how does this look and then we kind of he added some stuff, I added some stuff, and then we agreed on it. And we, we basically agreed by email with kind of like a digital signature kind of a thing. Cool. So, and yeah, we made it official. All right. Um, yeah. That's,
1: that's pretty cool. Go, go ahead.
0: Yeah, th- this was, in. I actually have a few dates written down. This was January of 2018 when this all happened, when I had the idea and I emailed him. And, and it kind of kicked off then. So, it was just over two years ago when, when the idea was born.
1: Holy cow. And I, at that time I lived in Montana. And like I said, I literally remember the day sitting in my truck. It was snowy outside. I was about to go into the gym and um, yeah, we were chatting on the phone. So it was kind of funny. I, I can like place, I can place the exact day and it was cold. Same, same here. Days. I was in my, my 18 wheeler in my
0: truck. It has a built-in Bluetooth so I can talk while I'm driving. And I was driving, driving down the highway,
1: talking to you that day. That's cool. And, uh, you know, quick, quick callback. So I, I know Chris Guthrie as well. Good guy. I'm not a hundred percent sure the status of uh easy aison, but since he can't speak for himself, I'll just say like, Hey, <laughs> they're okay. It was a fantastic plugin. And, um, I know, um, you know, it's still active. It's still kind of, uh, like it'll do the job basically. And they've yeah, updated he, he, it. He has,
0: he's doing the updates that need to be done to, to keep, keep up with like amazon yep. uh, switch the api so he's doing the updates so it still works for everybody he just hasn't done improvements to it as all
1: okay yeah and in and well said. and maybe someday i'll have chris on and he does many other things and it has a lot of software products out there so just want to jump in defend him since he's not here so um, oh, yeah, yeah i have nothing against chris at all Yep, yeah. yep and i was gonna say both you and i promoted his products and some other stuff he was working on like ov- over time
0: so and in fact he uh i published a blog post on dumb passive income about Amalinks pro and he actually commented on it and, and wished me good luck so
1: cool yeah great guy great guy overall yeah. it's it's funny it's a good community we found ourselves in so
0: yeah i mean i love the internet marketing community i i try to explain it to people who don't understand it because it's like a brick and mortar business. It's kind of always like you against the other guy, but in with internet marketing, it's just everybody helping everybody else. And we all make money. Like if you try to bring somebody else down, it's not going to really do
1: any good for you. Indeed. So as, as far as like developing the product and you know, you mentioned you have a few dates there. So it was January um, when you were pulling together the idea, you chatted with me a little bit. And I was like, yeah, sounds like, I mean, there's definitely a need for that sort of thing. People do enjoy just making their life easier as far as uh, placing links and decreasing the, like the number of clicks in their workflow to insert links for Amazon. So I was like, yeah, sounds great. So how long did it take for like the first prototype to come through and how did you and uh, the developer figure out what you wanted to have in the plugin. Yeah. So, um,
0: well, first of all, we had to think up of a name and, and choose a URL. We did that. That was one of the first things we did. And then he he got to work right away on development. We, we decided he's going to just, you know, cram as many hours into coding as he can. And I'm going to try to take care of everything else. So we, we did planning, like plan the website, set up the website and bought certain tools. Like we use easy digital downloads is, the it, it's a WordPress plugin, but it's what we use for our, our licensing and distribution of the plugin and subscriptions and all that. So different tools and like affiliate software for the site. And then uh, let's see, I don't remember the exact date, but I think it was sometime in late March or maybe early April that we started beta testing. And And where I got beta testers was just from my, my email list for dumb passive income. So there's plenty of people in there who also were, like niche site builders or built Amazon affiliate websites. So I got a handful of people from there to help beta test. We gave them, I think we gave them all free copies. And then, yeah, from, is there any specific questions you wanted
1: to ask about development or? No, just curious about the, like the first prototype. And then, um, so you got beta testers. How did you manage feedback from those beta testers? Mostly just email and
0: spreadsheets at first. Yeah, okay. I mean, we I would send out emails and ask questions, and it was, it <laughs> it wasn't anything super professional. But we had a spreadsheet, and we still have a spreadsheet to this day. Our development spreadsheet that we work off of. Okay. Yeah, I just just put all the suggestions. So we started out with just you can insert uh, text links, image links, CTA buttons, and then we had a. A feature that we we call it the showcase box which is pretty much a a product information box and and our early version of that was much different than what they look like now it wasn't as good as it is now but cool those were our first four core features that we weren't going to launch it until we had all four of those in place
1: okay and then you've never done like software development or worked in that kind of environment right not at all nope i I do not code i cannot code and then uh, the developer, and we we just call him the developer because he's under the radar. He he's an anonymous dude, a uh, nice guy, but yeah. The, so the developer, he obviously has spent time like uh, working with users, testers, and other folks like that. Yeah, so he actually he also has a full time day job, and his full time day job
0: is he is a WordPress developer. So that's what he does all day every day. Okay, and, and he does WordPress development for like big name big websites that you would recognize in universities and places so
1: very smart dude yeah and i guess it, my my mind is uh, going to explode cuz i'm just i'm thinking how much of a nightmare and how much i would dislike having to take feedback from users via email putting it in spreadsheets and just that turnaround cycle did you guys have any so really guess, the with the testing, yeah, the we really didn't get
0: a whole lot of feedback. In fact, most of the the feedback was from me, from me using it and just giving him the feedback. <laughs> we we did okay. get some from users, but most of it was just me. Because okay. I you know, because I'm a user. And, and so okay. he would the, the the developer, he would have uh, we'll call it issues. He would have issues seeing things from the user's point of view, being a developer. And then yep. and he was really appreciative of my point of view. And that's another thing I'll say about this partnership, but him and I both would tell you, and then both agree that, that there's no chance that Amalink's pro would be what it is today without this partnership, but like he, he could have never done it on his own. There's no way I could have done it on my own. Just that the whole partnership has worked out far better than, than neither of us ever expected. It could have, or would have. And it just, and it's really grown into a, a, a true friendship. We, we chat on on Google Hangouts, pretty much every day. And I, and I mean, text chat, like just texting, typing back and forth. Right on. And have you guys met in person, by the way? Never. I mean, we've, we've done video on Google Hangouts before. so
1: Well, you know, about a midway spot for both of you guys is around where I live. So maybe we should say something <laughs> up.
0: Yeah, um, he actually, when we started, he lived over towards the East Coast. And then mid summer of, when was it? I think. 2018 I
1: think yeah he moved
0: moved way over to the west coast and we were going to try to hook up a thing when when he was shooting across the country in his car with his wife we were going to try to meet up but it didn't work out
1: yeah interesting well and I I mean just because I I worked in software for uh, many years doing project management so it was like right in the right in the area where I had basically had to work with all the teams like the the Business uh, the, the actual business users, the developers, the testers, the other clients and, and stakeholders associated with everything and i'm like I said i'm just imagining like the the process that you're describing and i'm like oh man that's rough but but you mentioned um, like the beta testers weren't necessarily giving a ton of feedback it was mostly from you and in, in my head i'm like, oh man, it, it would be really hard to Qualify the beta testers because you know I <laughs> I knew that uh, the beta was coming out and I don't I don't think I actually used it much because I've already figured out this problem right so I was doing things another way and that, that's a challenge I, I would imagine where the people that are maybe the the best customers for you the best users of this MLynx Pro have already figured out a solution to the problem. So um, did you, did you see that? Like where? I I will say now that our, our best feedback comes from
0: our users who have paid for the plugin. So the beta testers, they got it for free. I'm not even sure how much they were really using it. Yeah. But since we started selling it and people have been paying for it and and we have a support form and, and we encourage people to give us feedback and suggestions because, one of our taglines for the pro for the plugin is built for us, which that's funny. I can quickly tell you on a tangent where that came from. I'm, I'm drinking this beer from founders right now mm-hmm. and their tagline is brewed for us. And that's kind of <laughs> where I stole that from. So Amalink's pro is built for us, meaning it's for all of us, like not just us, me and the developer for us to make money from it. It's for us, uh, Amazon affiliates, all of us and, and so we we encourage feedback and and we want to hear feedback. We want to hear what people want and and we're going to add it to the plugin if it makes sense for everybody. did so, you yeah, we, oh go ahead sorry I would just we we've gotten incredible feedback and made some awesome changes
1: based on user feedback and Do you have any quick examples like hey well, what was the best thing you, that you added that was directly from uh, one of the users?
0: You just had to ask a specific question. Um, <laughs> well, we can come back to it if you think of it. So I'm, I'm, I mean, there's a lot of just small things. I'm, I'm trying to, not anything real huge, like not a major feature, but a lot of small things. Like a user would say, here's a good example. The, the CTA buttons, or I say like the, the CTA button on the showcase box was always editable. It, it, the default was view on Amazon is what the text would say. And then you could just click on it and edit it but you had to click on it and edit it every time you created a button. And somebody said, we, we want to have a, a global CTA text. So you just set it one time in the settings. And then that's always the text every time, you know, automatically, you don't have to click and type it and change it every time. I'm like, yeah, that's a great idea. So, so we implemented that for,
1: for the showcase boxes and for the tables. That is a great idea. I mean, if there, if there's code that's duplicated like through the site, then yeah, you should manage it in one place. Yeah. Very smart. And you really can only get like the true feedback from the paid customers because um, I, I have courses, right? So I, I stayed out of products for whatever reason, even though software potentially would have come you know, like more naturally to me. But um, with courses, I've given my course away to like family and friends and 100%... Uh, do not use it. It's only people that pay for a product um, that will go through the course, use the product, give you feedback, and actually like treat it with value. So that totally makes sense to me. Yeah, that, that's absolutely true. I mean, I, I've experienced it in my own life. Yeah, and I mean, you, you gave me the plugin and I did not use it for quite some time. <laughs> so... That is my bad.
0: (laughs) You're bad. All right. And and then I had to tell you, I'm like, hey, these other affiliates are making a lot of money with this. You could be too. (laughs) So then you had to use it and figure it
1: out. That's right. Well, and the other thing is, um, and this is, uh, my show is about tangents sometimes. And even though I knew it was a quality product, I know both the founders, like personally, um, I don't want to do beta testing generally. And I don't want to use like version 1.0. I want to use like 1.2 after the kinks have been worked out and I've been burned like early in my, uh, like affiliate marketing career, I would promote a product and then it would disappear after six months. And I'm like, what is happening here? So I kind of, I, I want to pressure test something through, you know, being out in the market, actually launching, actually having customers. I don't want to, and not, I mean, well, now, now, that, now that we're talking now and I've sold a couple of your products for you, um, you know, I could tell you face-to-face, Matt, that I was like, all right, I want to make sure this thing has some lasting power. So did you, did you see that in other areas? Like, did it take a couple iterations before some other folks were promoting for you?
0: I guess, I, yeah. I, I, that makes perfect sense, yeah. Um, and I, actually, I'm kind of glad you did because the the version or the the product that we have now is so much different than it was when I first gave it to you. It's a lot better now. A lot a lot of the kinks are worked out, like you said. There's a lot of optimizations and improvements that have been done based on user feedback. So yeah, it makes perfect sense. And and like you said, you want to make sure we're going to stay around. And well, we're we're two years and going strong. And I mean, two years in, I think we're we're just barely getting started, really.
1: Yep. And when you look at other software products, it's like, it takes a little while to get your footing, to understand what the customers really want. And then like the buzz comes around and like other people are talking about it. And it's like, Hey, there's, there's a new plugin, but it's like two years old, <laughs> you know, it's it's been around for a little while. And now it's just like catching, catching yeah, some just, traction.
0: We're just at the point now where it's, I'm, I'm starting to be somewhat, I don't want to say overwhelmed, but amazed. Baffled was, I don't know what the right word is, but just we're at the point where it's starting to take off. Where I mean, I, I'll go into Facebook groups that I haven't even been in in a while and I see other people talking about the product that I created and recommending it to other people. I'm like, wow, this is cool. That's awesome. But yeah, we're well, at the point now that, I mean, sales are coming more regularly than than they were in the beginning. And and the, 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 the plugin is complete now. I mean, now we have... And there's there's going to be more cool features that we're going to add in the future. But for right now, as of the date that I'm talking to you right now, we're it's pretty much complete. The core features are done. Just minor fixes need to be done, and we're going into kind of full time marketing mode and going to start really promoting this thing.
1: Awesome. And were, were there any things that um, were like especially challenging that you didn't think were going to be that big of a deal? with uh, either the creation or marketing or anything with Himalangs Pro?
0: A couple of things came up that we could not have predicted. So I'm I'm looking at my little list of dates here, which I kind of... We went away from that a little bit, but I'm going to go back to July 17th of 2018. So we were beta testing, I think, in March or April for a couple months. We set July 17th for whatever reason as our official launch date when we're going to officially put it for sale to the public. E- email my my small email list and, and this and that that we're, we're really excited we're super excited we were we knew we were going to get rich and make like two hundred thousand dollars each that first year <laughs> july 17th crickets we didn't make a single sale on that first day not even not even one but then you know a, a few started trickling in here and there and then here's the first thing that we could not have predicted i i guess we could have if we've been paying attention but wordpress released version 5.0 and made Gutenberg now the default editor. And you know what that is. I mean, everybody, all plugins had to adjust for that. I mean, users could still install the classic editor and I still do. I still do use the classic editor and the plugin, the way that we originally had it still works with the classic editor, but all new WordPress users were going to be automatically using the Gutenberg editor and, and somebody brand new to WordPress might not even know anything about the classic editor. And and some people did want to move over to, to the new Gutenberg editor anyway. So we had to make the plugin compatible with Gutenberg. And so I can't remember that was in the fall of 2018, I think, like I I think right around October. That's right. We're, we're trying to prepare for black Friday. We're trying to get some things done so we could really do a big push for black Friday. And then that, kind of got sprung on us like the month before black friday and we really had to hustle to to get our gutenberg blocks in place so we saw other plugins do some like temporary fixes that would make them kind of work with gutenberg but we wanted to make ours right we wanted to have actual gutenberg blocks for amlinks pro and so the, the the developer worked really hard for a couple of weeks there like he worked insane hours to get that thing ready
1: Holy cow. And um, yeah, I don't use Gutenberg. I was a little excited when I first saw it, but I mean, when it comes down to it, honestly, like WordPress is bloated, and slow. And if you use, um, I I mean, if you use some of the like page builders and stuff, it can go extremely slow. So I, I use classic, I'm a speed freak. And I really, I mean, I've actually, this is kind of, this is a little bit weird, Matt, but I'll share it with you now. Um, <laughs> I've I've looked because I have a little bit of a coding background. I'm a little bit technical, and I've looked at just moving over to like a flat file system where you just write HTML. You can manage all the stuff that we do in WordPress in like text files, and I was like, this would be so much faster. And you don't have the overhead. The security is much tighter. It's all in text files. And um, yeah, it's really, it's out there. But as I was as I was looking at Gutenberg and I'm like, this is crazy. Like how much slower everything works and just the overhead with using Gutenberg. So I'll get off yeah, my soapbox. I, I tried a few times to
0: give Gutenberg a chance. and I just don't like it either. I mean, when I want to create a really nice, fancy page, I use Elementor as my, my page builder of choice. Really great page builder, I think. And if you ask me, Gutenberg right now, the way it is now, is just, is just like a crappy page builder. Is all it is, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, it's like, yeah, I, I won't get it. I've only, I only used it for like a month or two, and then it was like, okay, all my plugins broke. Everything's like not working. Going back to classic, and yeah, hopefully things will change because I, if I understand correctly, Gutenberg is or sorry the classic editor is not going to be supported after like 2022 something like that is that right yeah that's just the
0: wordpress version of the classic editor but that doesn't mean anybody can make a plugin that emulates the classic editor exactly like the way we knew it oh wow yeah
1: we we should do that plugin now all right strike <laughs> um, up a partnership <laughs> <laughs> so um so that, that was one thing so gutenberg came out um any other like big challenges that that you guys ran into the next one
0: really came this past october you going i'll quickly go through my my list of dates again but um yeah Fe- february of 2019 was the first big affiliate promo that we ever ran so oh wait we had the oh we had a black friday 2018 sale and there were where we made some decent money when like th- that black friday sale that we ran we're like all right, this is real. This is cool. I mean, we made a few thousand dollars that first Black Friday, which was exciting to us. And then February, 2019, um, Chris Lee was running Rank Excel at the time. He sold it since then, but he did a big affiliate promo for us and let us uh, publish a guest post on his site and promoted to his list a couple of times. And and we made several thousand dollars off of his sale. And so that was really cool. And that was kind of a a really big push for us and kind of re-motivated us again and you know just gave us proof that like yeah this thing's working we got to keep going and april 2019 so about 10 months ago that's when we launched our next big feature which is our table builder and so our our table builder we think is easily the the best table builder for amazon products that that exists anywhere i mean we've tried all of them but we purchased just about everything else that was out there just to see what they were doing and we had had a goal of making ours, you know, like taking the best features of everybody else's and just making ours better. So it's really, it's, it's kind of like a drag and drop page builder. It's 100% responsive. It, it's not automatic. I should add, you have to choose which columns you want to not show on smaller devices. But once you do that, once you set that setting, it's a, it's a really good t- um, responsive table builder. Okay, cool. And In-
1: I, uh, I'm usually a proponent and you you don't have to sell it to me, but I'm usually a proponent of HTML tables and I go to a HTML table generator and just code it up, you know, do do my thing. So why is Amalynx Pro and the table builder easier or better or, you know, going to make more, more sales? I mean, just the fact that
0: we're connected to the amazon api if you if you are if you're not it, it's a little bit more work to build your table because you have to manually insert the links but if you're connected to the api you just you know type in your search term for your product and then uh, the search results pull up the first 10 search results from amazon and then you can go to the next 10 and the next 10 you just choose the products you want to put in you know click 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 and then you click one button and it inserts them all into the table and then, and then you just add your table settings and add or remove columns, and it's just super okay. simple and fast. And I don't know the, the tables that you're describing the HTML. I don't know if you can make those
1: responsive or not. Um, yeah, you can. I mean, it's just um, straight up HTML. But I mean, I admitted it earlier. I'm a bit of a weirdo, <laughs> so and I, I do have the tech background, so code doesn't really scare me too much, and. Um, What you just described is much more approachable for the average human that is not me. Yeah, not mean, that I have that. If you look skills. at the
0: the homepage on our website, I, I have a video on there. It's it's me creating a table and inserting it into WordPress in less than three minutes.
1: Yeah, uh, I thought, yeah. You, I thought
0: that you, was a great video to put on a homepage.
1: <laughs> yes, that is it. Like that's it. Because it takes me definitely longer than three minutes. Yep. Cool. So are you good on time, Matt? I know we, it is late later where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. I go
0: a little while longer if you want.
1: Okay, cool. So I, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about some of the other things like on dumb passive income and, and your blog there. One thing is, um, you know, you kind of alluded to it before you had this blog, you started uh, May of 2012 and you published you're a busy guy. Um, some of your publishing schedule was intermittent, I guess at best. And, and you were like, Hey, I let it die for a little while. So what's going on with it now? What are you trying to do with dumb passive income?
0: Yeah, I'm actually trying to revitalize it right now. I, I had this idea where I would kind of change my style a little bit and make it more into like what, what a technical, what the technical definition for a blog, which is literally, literally a web blog, which is a blog is meant to really be like a diary. And so I'm kind of changing my format and talking about in, in my latest, like three or four posts, I call them my weekend update posts. And then I give each one a unique title because I, I typically do most of my writing these days on the weekends. Cause there's just not enough time during the week for me. So it's my weekend update. And and I just kind of talk about more personal things. I try to add a little bit of humor just, just stuff that's going on in my life. And like, like in the past, my blog was more like tutorials like internet marketing tutorials. And it's not going to be that anymore. I want to, I want to be stuff that's more readable where people can kind of get to know me and my family and what's going on. It'll still have some internet marketing stuff. Like, like I'm, I'm including links to Amazon products and those kind of just so I can show off my Amalikes Pro product.
1: Gotcha. Just just show people how it works. And it, it, I can't remember if it was like the beginning of this year, but you were like, hey, I'm going to publish something every week. And that was my goal. Cool. How, yeah. How's it going so far? It has been about three
0: weeks since my last publish. I just, my, my weekends have been so crazy. I mean, gotcha. My, my, uh, my daughter was doing swim for the last five or six weeks, so every Saturday morning at seven o'clock. We had to be there for her swim meets. And then my son is in a basketball league and he also has basketball mm-hmm. games on Saturdays and yeah the schedule my weekend schedule got a little crazy holy cow but i'm i'm still trying i'm trying i wanted to do weekly i'm still going to try to do at least a couple a month but i really want to
1: keep publishing content on there and keep it going how has the reception been for some of the more personal content and just a different approach
0: i haven't really gotten a lot of comments i mean i've gotten a couple email replies and a few comments and and the few people who did reply They they really liked it. They said they did, anyways. Cool. I I don't know. I'm hearing i I'm I'm hearing that blog commenting isn't really as big of a thing these days as it used to be.
1: Yeah, and you know i I I still get some comments on on uh, niche site project, but yeah, not as many as back in the day. And I I don't know if those conversations have moved over to like Facebook more. Or I mean, where do you think those conversations are happening now?
0: I mean I do see a lot of stuff in Facebook groups. I don't have my own Facebook group, so
1: okay. Yeah, I well I don't spend much time in Facebook groups at all. Are you are you in many of them? Just a well I am in
0: many of them but just a few that I kind of keep up with, a few internet marketing related ones. Okay. Like cool. Spence Spencer's is good. There's there's good interaction in there. The the niche pursuits one and the human-proof designs. I think mm-hmm. actually theirs is now called Building Online Empires. Yeah, there, there's a few good ones that have good interaction.
1: Cool. Um in shifting gears a little bit, I was doing research for this interview and I was like looking back at some of your old case studies and, and blog posts out there. And one that I want to highlight is um there was uh I think it was called like getting the thin content penalty from Google, which I experienced back in the day as well. In fact, um, and I can't remember if I've told you this, Matt specifically, but you know, I I got a thin content penalty back in 2015 and you obviously wrote about it um, on your blog too. We'll put a link in the description for people to go check out, but an interesting thing and I'll, I'll let you talk about your thin content penalty an interesting thing is, um, so I got, I got my penalty and then I was like, trying to like, you know, revamp it and recover some of my sites. Cause I had like five or six go down, something like that. It was pretty rough. It was a rough fall when that happened. Yeah. I remember and that. And it, yeah, it was, it was terrible. Like m- many of us got hit and I developed my, my course five figure niche site. Um, like six months later, something like that. And I was like, Hey Matt, do you want to promote my course? And you were like, I don't know, Doug, like you you really haven't um done anything interesting. Like you got caught up in the penalty. I'm not really sure about the course. And I was like, it was a wake up call, Matt. Like y- you called me out and I was like, you know what, you're a hundred percent right. I may have even put that in an email and was like, Yeah, you're right, dude. And um I regrouped and did some other stuff and i was like what else can i do and that is when i came up roughly in that time frame over the course of five months came up with a keyword golden ratio which is like a thing that i talk about all the time other people talk about it too but it was sort of like um originating from the email that you sent our thin content penalty and me trying to figure out like how to do something very different from the previous approach so thanks for that, by the way, for calling me out and uh, you just you're welcome. <laughs> and then, yeah, you were like, dude, I, I don't know if you're doing anything interesting at all. Does your course even work? And then I was like, you know what? I got to, I got to put up some numbers here and do something interesting. Um, but, you know, I I did the same thing to Chris Lee early on. Cause he was
0: selling a course when he first came on the scene, like nobody ever had heard of him before. And all of a sudden he's out there telling everybody he's making $10,000 a month from, from or from AdSense. And he's selling the course. And he asked me to promote his course at the time for him. I'm like, dude, why should I believe you? Like we need proof. And then that after that, he's cool. like, you're right. And he started posting screenshots of his AdSense.
1: Awesome. Yeah. So what what was, uh, can you just tell us a little bit about the thin content penalty and like the impacts to you um, just overall, like going through it? I remember that one specifically, that, that actual, that specific site was,
0: <laughs> I've had a lot of crazy um, topics, we'll say, for my niche sites over the years. I, I built a lot of niche sites and that one was one of my more successful sites. It was a site about organic shampoo and solely based on that. I'm not an organic guy. I don't care what shampoo I use. I just, it was based on keyword research. <laughs> <as well. laughs> and, and my writer who wrote for me, I had the same writer for uh, probably five years. Is it's the only writer I ever really used. She was a phenomenal writer. She was a female. And so she was really good at writing about shampoo and she knew a lot about hair and stuff. So th- that was a really nice, good, successful site. And you remember that time frame? That's when we were all into building PBNs and using PBNs to rank our sites. And I'm pretty sure that's where the I thought I made it through. Everybody else was getting their their PBN penalties and getting their their sites taken down by Google. And and I thought I made it through. And that thin content penalty blog post that was, I think it was like nine or ten months after everybody else was getting their penalties for PBNs, and then I got the thin content penalty. And I'm like there is no way this site is thin content. It's phenomenal content on this site. But other people at the time were saying that they got that same penalty. And the only thing they could attribute it to is the fact that they use PBNs. Yep. So that's what that's what that was all about. It was because I used PBNs to help rank that site.
1: Yep. And that is the thing that we were doing. And you could go, you know, we, we mentioned Spencer and Niche Pursuits a couple of times. And Spencer, you know, was working on pbn's and then you know when we got our penalties he you know he wrote a blog post i'm never using pbn's again got a huge amount of coverage out there and i mean he was one of the bigger bloggers that got hit and it cost us all quite a lot of money and made us rethink you know how we were approaching seo in general you yep. know man that was a rough day. It's like the worst email you can get, but what a learning experience, you know? I mean, PBNs were so
0: cool. It was amazing how you could rank a site with them, but then, but there was so much work to maintain too. So I'm I'm, actually, I'm glad that I don't have to deal with them anymore.
1: Yeah. And like, once that happened, I like completely shifted gears. And I mean, I, I think it's valuable. It's a valuable experience overall just to like go through a penalty, like a manual penalty like that and see what it looks like. I think, you know, it's kind of like, uh, well, I'm no athlete. (laughs) I don't don't know if you, if you were mad, but I'm, I'm no athlete, but it's like taking advice from like, um, you know, a a, a pro athlete that just is naturally gifted and they're, you know, they have bigger muscles or stronger full head of hair. I'm, I'm bald. So, um, you know, they, they have, many more advantages and um if you're taking advice from someone who doesn't like at least maybe like test the limit of what they can do um i don't know i feel like they're missing out a little bit do you have any thoughts on that As kind of an out there um i'm connecting the dots maybe where they shouldn't be uh
0: you mean you mean advice from somebody who hasn't who hasn't, yeah. who hasn't really walk the walk or talk the talk that kind yep. of thing yeah
1: yep exactly
0: well yeah pretty much what you said okay i mean cool it's, it's like taking taking advice from broke people or taking money advice from
1: broke people doesn't quite make
0: sense there's that analogy yeah
1: all right well that's a good segue matt it's like you're a, a, f- a full-time podcast guest um let's talk about the financial freedom aspect and I'm very interested in that topic, and I've been interviewing a couple people that are in the financial independence movement and i don't know do you follow any of that like fire or just in general some of those those podcasts out there?
0: I listen to a lot of different podcasts the the financial freedom stuff um I, I guess I'll say I'm into it the <laughs> The thing we haven't talked about my day job. It's mo- a lot of people who do this internet marketing. It, it's their it's their goal to like make as much money as fast as possible so they can quit their day job. And, and that's not me at all because I, I really I actually like my day job. I work for an awesome company and I, I enjoy what I do during the day throughout the day every day. But with that being said, when and and I say when not if when it gets to a point that I'm making ridiculous money online whereas is just just unfathomable but it's just stupid for me to even still consider going to a day job then i, I might have to consider quitting but as of right now i'm just going to keep going the way i am i i like driving a truck during the day and doing the internet marketing stuff at night and in the morning and it's just kind of cool to say I mean, that's one of my, my tagline on the dumb passive income blog. I'm I'm the only known trucker who's blogging about making passive income online.
1: <laughs> that's a pretty good tagline. Yeah. And well, I guess like diving in a little deeper. So with the financial independence movement and I I'll put you on the spot. You listen to my podcast a little bit, right?
0: Yeah. You mean, what was the guy's name? You just published a couple of
1: days ago yeah carl jensen mr yeah, 1500 i listened to that one so i i've sort of i moved into the right neighborhood so i have like are you familiar familiar with uh mr money mustache as well i don't listen to his stuff i checked out his blog before okay <laughs> and, and and i'll
0: admit that the the first impression i got was he's like a minimalist or something i think i don't really know for sure sure
1: um and i'll say that
0: minimalism and frugality those are two things that annoy me i don't i don't like either of those things the the people don't annoy me annoy me just the concepts do gotcha gotcha i'm more of the like push for more get more and not well here's my concept with money instead of spend less than you make as what a lot of people like the dave ramsey crowd you need to live on less than you make That that's not my philosophy at all i'd rather live by I need to earn more than I want to spend,
1: which is kind of the same thing, just saying it a different way. Sure. And, and it's, it's the, uh, scarcity model versus like abundance where, Hey, we can all like do more and make more money, which, which I agree with. And I think, um, again, I'll jump in for Pete is Mr. Money Mustache. Who's who's just a normal dude who would uh, drink a beer with you. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of these folks are just, um, just very normal, very like unassuming. They're pretty chill, pretty quiet. And, um, I would guess you would probably get along with with these guys pretty well, Matt. And, um, yeah, they're not super frugal. It's just like, they choose to spend money in specific areas. Like me, for example, I don't care much about my, my truck. So I have kind of a, you know, I have like a 15 year old, like pretty crappy truck, but I really like, uh, to enjoy the home that I'm in. So we're like, we're buying a pretty nice home coming up soon, and then um, some of the gadgets and, and electronics and stuff. I like gear, and uh, I do YouTube stuff, so I will spend a lot on the areas where I'm like, "Hey, I'm really into it, and um, I, I see value in it, and I just like it." You know, you gotta you gotta spend your money on something. So I th- I think, like I said, just to defend those those guys a little bit pete's not necessarily frugal but yeah certain areas he's just like eh, i don't mind much about that um, but they do save a lot that's the big thing they, they save a ton so yeah i, I really um, don't know his
0: full story i just and it's been a few years but i just looked at sure. his blog once because i i had heard from other people in certain circles that like he was a really popular blog so i just checked it out one day but
1: no i, I really don't follow him or know for cool. sure what he's all about Right on. Okay, cool. And then um, I guess just any sort of money philosophies other than, hey, we can make some more money and just make sure you're not going into debt. Do you have any other sort of... I was like, just uh, going to make a point of what I do spend my money on. Is I got these three things in
0: my house here. They're called kids. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, at yeah. the the age they are now, 12, 9, and 7, just just the stuff they're into, toys and Not not so much toys, but the sports they're into. I mean, it costs us hundreds and hundreds of dollars just for their sports, just for the signups and the equipment and the uniforms, and it's it's nuts. Yeah, I I don't have any kids, so um. And yeah, (laughs) we 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 built a brand new house three years ago. Now that we've been in almost three years now.
1: Oh, that's awesome! We have a nice house too, so so did you guys like design design everything and like um choose all all the uh yeah we of...
0: went had an architect design the whole thing for us he we told him what we wanted he made a drawing and then we made some edits and went back to him and yeah we built cow. built this house for the long term kind of like main floor laundry main floor master bedroom and all that just so when we get old we don't have to go up and downstairs. stairs and planning to stay in this house for the long
1: haul that's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome, yeah. We we got a ranch too. Planning on getting old, so um, cool. So we're we're s- sort of coming towards the end. And you mentioned a couple of mistakes um, already. Do you have any others that you want to highlight that maybe will help people that are in a different point in their journey to not make those mistakes?
0: Actually, I would say do make the mistakes, and uh, probably other people have given the same advice, but. As far as specific mistakes, I don't really know which ones I could highlight or point out. I've mentioned several of them already, but you just you, you hear the advice all the time. Just jump in and do stuff, and don't just listen to podcasts and and take courses and read books. You get you got to just jump in and do it and, and make the mistakes because that's really the best way
1: to learn. Awesome, and I think you answered the question already. But I was going to say, you know, if you have advice for people that want to. Uh you know, get started. Maybe they haven't pulled the trigger yet, but you just said, you know, take some action, do something, do anything. Yeah. I I love, I love personally
0: listening to podcasts. I mean, I guess we're on one right now, but it's an awesome way to learn. You can learn while you're driving around, which, which I do a lot, or if you're the working out type running on a treadmill or something, and you you can be learning while you're doing that. Very cool. In fact, I'm at I'm at the point in my life, and I have been for a long time where I, I mean I like music, but like during the day when i 'm driving around, i can't listen to music because I feel like I feel like I'm getting stupider by the minute if I 'm listening to music because I, sh- I should be listening to words and learning things that's funny
1: yeah i uh, <laughs> it's funny we're old guys now we're middle aged, and uh, I mean, I listen to classic rock, and I don 't know anything about um, like newer music at all. I, I like uh, a couple hair bands from the eighties. I enjoy a little grunge and then a, a lot of the uh, like classic rock from the seventies. Uh, what, what kind of music do you like?
0: I like a lot of music. I, I like all that stuff. I'd say my, my main genre would probably be country. And I like the older country from like the seventies and eighties. I like new stuff too, but yeah, rock and roll, like some heavy metal. I like hip hop. Some of, some of the alternative stuff. I like a lot of stuff. You Christian music. I can even listen to classical. Awesome. Pretty,
1: just about anything. It depends what mood I'm in that day. Cool, Matt. Well, where can people find you? Where do you want them to uh, check out your stuff? Well, de- definitely our our product, Amolinks Pro. And we actually have a
0: really good blog on that website, too. That's where... You know, I try to write on dumb passive income, but most of my writing these days is on on the Amalinks Pro blog where we we just write about stuff on there to help inform people in the Amazon affiliate niche and keep people up to date on some of like the rules and regulations with Amazon and strategies and stuff. So there's there's that. And then, yeah, just my dumb passive income blog.
1: We'll put links in the uh, description so people can find that easily and I can attest Personally, that um, the content over on Amalinks Pro blog very good, very good demos of uh, using the tool. But not only that, like you said, sticking within the rules for uh, Amazon Associates. And there's a very very cool uh, like I guess it's a tutorial on Google Analytics and how to track your links a little better. I didn't prep you for this, Matt, but can you tell us a little bit about that or can can you do that I, I, I can tell you
0: that I did not write that post <laughs> the, the developer wrote that one <laughs> he he's the he's the I'll call him the data geek on our team or the data nerd if you want to say it that way but i I have always been the type as far as analytics. I install analytics on every site and I kind of look at the traffic a little, but I don't like digging into it in fact, i don't like. setup of the new analytics i like the way it was a few years ago i think it was simpler to get around i don't like the new analytics at all okay and so he set that up basically with amlinks pro you click one button and just just to turn on the event tracking and then all everything you do in amlinks pro or all the clicks to all your links amlinks pro are automatically tracked in your analytics and, and then you can go into your analytics and see exactly which buttons and exactly which links are getting clicks. And then if you want, you can set up separate tracking IDs for the ones that are getting more clicks to, to see which ones are converting the best. Okay. But it is a really good post that he wrote with a really good tutorial on how to use it, but not just how.
1: He, he goes into why and
0: how you could be using it to increase your conversions.
1: And I need to do a video on that because like when I read it, I was like, this is fantastic. This is really good. And it it gives you that granular level of analytics that is hard to come by unless you're a data nerd. I
0: I think I even told him, the developer, I said, I, I think most people are probably like me. Like the only stat we care about is the income in our Amazon Associates report. That's it. That's the only one I've ever really looked at or cared about. But if you're serious, you really should be looking at some more sophisticated stats like this. And it's really not that difficult, especially with his tutorial.
1: Yeah. Once you set it up, it's good to go. And then it gives you so much data. Yeah. It's a very good tutorial. So I'll put a link to that as well. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Matt. Really appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This was fun. R- really good beer too. Love we'll to do oh, this yeah. again sometime.
1: Um, yeah, for sure, man. And uh, if, if, Maybe I can get you guys over in this area. We do a little meetup or something like that. We'll see how it goes. I would
0: also like to cordially invite you to Beer City USA, which is the nickname for Grand Rapids, Michigan. <laughs> if you ever make it this way, I'll, I'll bring you out to some really cool breweries.
1: All right. Well, maybe maybe I will. I you know I drove through um, Grand Rapids. Like I went to like Traverse City. I don't know. It was, it was several years ago, maybe in 2013, 2014. So we didn't know each other well and we were kind of zipping through town, but I was like, it's pretty awesome here in the summer, you know, yeah. Yeah, beautiful area really exploded over the last several years. You know? Cool. Well have a good night there, Matt. Thanks a lot. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks a lot to Matt Allen. Really appreciate him taking the time. Go check out AmbleLinks Pro and Dumb Passive Income. Leave a comment or shoot those guys an email. Let them know that you heard about their whole uh, their whole deal from this show. That'll be a nice little nod. And hopefully we can get Matt back on the show. I will just give a, a quick shout for everyone who's sent in questions and emails. I know I actually got several emails about John Murphy's episode with drop shipping. So I was a little late to get responses back, but I'll be sending them shortly. And by the time this episode is live, people will have gotten their answers back. But uh, I took a couple of days off, I had visitors in town, and essentially, email gets behind. So email gets behind. That's one of the things I drop uh, pretty much immediately. It's a <laughs> it can be a big distraction. And uh, honestly, one thing I probably should do is like when I do see the email, just reply back right then. A lot of times I'll wait and I'll think about it a little bit more. And I know they're stacking up, and then I still batch them. But if I'm not going to reply back, I may as well not look. I'm not sure. There's a lot of different ways to to treat that uh, productivity aspect. But anyway. If you do have show ideas, if you have questions, feedback at doug.show. The uh, phone number for voicemail is in the show notes. So all you have to do is you know scroll down or scroll up, however your listening app works, and you'll see the phone number right there. You can call, leave a voicemail. I haven't had one in a while, so you know I, I think I've played like every single one that I've gotten. So if you have a good question, probably probably uh publish your question answer it and make a whole episode out of it have a great day out there we'll catch you on the next episode